You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad and uh, coming from Galway City to the west coast of Canada, so from the west coast to the west coast where you can watch the sun go down on um, sun, on, on English Bay, it is in, in Vancouver. Um, Aidan Dooley has come across the Atlantic and he's bringing with him the story of Tom Crean, the Arctic explorer from Maniscal. And it is a one-man show. And uh, Tom, um, Tom Crean was um, an Arctic explorer that expl- uh, went after Shackleton, but is quite famous. And uh, Aidan has worked to, I suppose, spread the message. Aidan, uh, Gormila. Um First of all, a bit about yourself. You're acting. But uh, I know all of us from west of the Shannon, particularly County Galway, are good actors. But what got you? <laughs> yeah, I, I did a lot of amateur stuff at home, and, and I went to the. I joined the. I was I was one of those kind of young men who were siphoned off to the Allied Irish banks at the minute you did your leaving cert way back, and uh, I went off to Dublin, and I got madly interested in amateur dramatics up there and did the festival circuits and everything, and then I really wanted to do it full-time, but how do you do that at home? So I, I managed to inveigle AIB to transfer me to England, and from there I went on, I left the bank and went off to drama school, and I've done have done a, a lot of performance. I stayed over in England, actually. I'm married over there. I have two kids. I live in a house. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I did a lot of, um, educational theatre to make a living. Right. And one of those educational contracts was with the Maritime Museum in Greenwich about 20 years ago. And along came a request by them to do it, to do a character that could talk about Shackleton and Scott because for a big exhibition they were doing Austin. Um, called South, in this is in tw- 2000 actually, and they had uncovered, because this is before Michael Smith's fantastic book even, they'd uncovered that only one person had really served with Scott and Shackleton under serious pressure, you know, there'd been other sailors who might have pulled ropes and stuff like that on various ships, but literally living in, in tents on the ice and stuff, and that was Tom Crean. So they wanted a, a, a little short educational story using Tom Crean as a cipher, really, to talk about Scott and Shackleton. And that's how this whole gig started, really. Um, what I find fascinating was I started my career in the Bank of Ireland in, in, <laughs> du- in Dublin, and I was pleading with them, but I wanted to just go down the country. <laughs> I wanted out of Dublin, and I ended up leaving the bank after seven years. Um, but, uh yeah, uh, interesting. So, when you started to research this, how much did you know about Tom Crean? I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. And the museum, to be fair to them, knew nothing as well, because there's nothing really written about Tom. Um, they just happened to find that there was a reference to this big Irishman in a few of the a few of the other men's um, uh, diary entries. And there's a couple of references by Scott about him, and there's obviously a couple of references, more than a couple, by Shackleton. But there wasn't there wasn't a book as such, and it was Michael Smith's unsung hero book that was published after, just after I had started doing the educational piece that kind of ignited my realization that here was this man who had been involved in these expeditions to a, a very important degree. He wasn't just, as I said, some of the other lads, you know, you know, clearing up ropes and doing a bit of rowing. Um, 
this guy had been seriously involved in the in the nuts and bolts of the survival, particularly of the endurance. And um, and and again in this big exhibition, there was one reference to him. There was one tiny reference to him when when he came back from the from the re- from the exhibition or from the expedition with with Scott Captain Scott died on. He brought a a, a set of row oars, and he gave them to one of the men's families in Wales. And the the oars were in the exhibition, and that was the only reference to Tom. So I kind of got that pain in my stomach, Austin, where you kind of feel, Janie Mac, they're doing it again. The poor devil is going to be forgotten again. So I kind of said, I'm going to tell Tom. Never mind telling about Scott and Shackleton. I'm going to tell these stories as from Tom's perspective. And um, and although there are stories about the expeditions of Scott and Shackleton, it's very much Tom's take on it and Tom's approach and. Tom's humility, and I really feel like it's um, it's a it's it's a it's it's a it's a kind of a dedication to Tom Crean, the, the the performance piece. When it's something like this that it's someone who's literally been written out of history, it gives you a fair degree of flexibility and license to create a Tom Crean. Or were you in any way um, limited in? what you were able to find well once Michael Smith's book was published as I said he had done three or four years of research right and I kind of I kind of was fortuitous enough and I I know Michael really well now I was fortuitous enough that he said you use whatever you want and you you your show will sell my books and my books will sell your show so there was a lovely symbiosis there um but if I, it's hard to imagine, I suppose, as I'm sitting here talking to you on the radio, the show that I started with was people possibly just passing me by in a museum. Imagine you standing by a boat in a museum, um, dressed in this unusual garb of Burberries and Antarctic kind of clothing, and of this of that period, and people kind of going, "Well, what's your man?" And I might have to go, how are you? I'm, I'm, you know, come over and have a chat about this fantastic boat. And it would, be, it would be the James Caird boat that was on the exhibition. And I would generate a discussion with them as if I'm Tom Crean. Now, yeah. if I had been, if I'd been approaching this performance like a, a, a theatre company had uh, paying the actor to come in and Tom Crean was a very quiet man, very, very, very um, humble never spoke to anyone about these expeditions. So really there would be no show. So I very much use the skills that I developed over the years of how to interact with an audience, how to make an audience feel fun fun and tears at the same time. So I very much use my personality and I merge it with my impression of Tom Crean. Uh, and I try to keep that humility particularly in in the show, so that people can see and feel how how beautiful a person he probably was, that he was so altruistic. But I did have license to create a version of Tom that would work with telling his story. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a merging of me and him, mm-hmm. as opposed to as I said, you get a script and you say this is the this is what the writer has written, and he's a very quiet man. So can you be very quiet, please, in your performance? That's not the case with me. <laughs> so how have you found audience reaction uh, and particularly have you performed this in County Kerry 
I have, I have. I've, I've been performing at Austin for over 20 years and I've done over 15 or 1600 performances of it. So there's a, it's an enormous backlog of, of experience in the show. But the first time I brought the show out of the museum, it was that the museum kind of realized they were getting letters in about this fantastic thing that's happening in one of their little cubbyhole corners of their museum. And they were getting letters about this fantastic story been told by this character and blah, blah, blah. And they, one of the marketing people said, why don't we bring it to Tralee and to the pub? So they organized about three or four kind of like a little junket really for a couple of a few a few journalists of British British newspaper journalists at the time and they went over with me and the first place I was to do it was in the foyer of Shim Satira in Tralee and I was all set to do it in the foyer and then the manager bless him came out and said what are you doing it in here for there's a theatre in there come on in and they said, there was only about 40 people at it and sitting in, perched in the front row of my first time of doing the show outside of the exhibition. Remember, it was part of a big exhibition, my performance in, in Greenwich in London. And there was sitting his two living daughters. And I was pretty, you know, oh my God, I don't know, <laughs> Jesus. And, and, um, and, 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 and an Irish radio program was following it called Seascapes. And so they were interviewing me beforehand, and I, I still have the interview somewhere on it, on a real, on a little tape, a little cassette. But I'm saying, I don't know whether they like this or not. They might think, what are you? Who are you to be talking about our father as if you're, as if you're him? And we don't like that take you have about how he said this and how he said that. So if they hadn't liked it, Austin. It would have stopped there and then. I would never have done it ever again. Maybe I would have fulfilled the commitment to telling the educational piece in the museum, but it would have stopped there and then. And then the next the next day I was to do it out in the South Pole, in the pub, upstairs. So I was kind of thinking, well, no, after, after the show, they loved it. The two The two sisters loved it. And everyone in the space loved it. They all said, geez, it was like as if we were talking to Tom Crean. And the next day in the South Pole, they brought, they, they told all their, all their daughters and sons, all Tom Crean's grandchildren and great grandchildren were packed into the place. And it went down a bomb. They absolutely thought this was the best thing. Along with Michael's book, my show, they were suddenly so pleased that their father's and grandfather's story was suddenly getting a different outing or any outing. Because to be honest with Justin, the only people who knew about him prior to Michael's book in Ireland was a few, a handful of people in the Annascall region and maybe a few historians. No one knew about Tom Crean. No one. Not me, <laughs> not not most other people. You know. So you've had a unique opportunity to bring life into history and to embrace it and to carry it, and and that you are the messenger that wasn't there before. Yeah, I suppose I am. I, but I, I I kind of don't like to talk myself up too much at the same time because I think. I think I have done that. I kind of, I don't quite channel Tom, but I have, he, his pictures come with me everywhere. Like in the little place in Vancouver, now I have, I have a little, I have a little corner of a, of, of a room and I've, his three pictures are sitting there along with pictures of my kids and my wife. Uh, at the age actually where I first started doing the show, I still have pictures of them at that age. And, but Tom and I, I asked Tom, 
Like I'm going on stage in the in the Olympia Theatre in a couple of months for two weeks. I've done the Olympia many, many times. 1,200 people. You're terrified. But I kind of look at Tom before I go on and I say, Tom, will you be with me? And he kind of says, yeah, I will. And no matter what the terrifying scenario, I know he's there and I know he's he's helping me in a way. And I'm not I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, God stuff or anything like that. I just feel he's with me and he's he's um, he's a strength to me when I'm uh, when I'm worried about whether I'll remember all the lines because it lasts two hours, Austin. You know, it's a two hour show. Right. I'm doing a slightly I'm doing a slightly shortened version here in Vancouver because of licensing laws in the space and stuff like that. Um, they couldn't have the bar upstairs and downstairs and stuff. So I do an hour and a half version without an interval, which was which was which was created as a result of COVID. Actually, when people could come to the theatre, but they couldn't they couldn't mix. So I kind of did I did this shortened version, but it works really well. And uh, yeah, I I am very I'm very honoured to be standing there sometimes because theatre is the 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 nature of theatre is everyone knows you're not. Like everyone goes to a, a play, they know the actors aren't those characters, but we we allow our a part of our brain to pretend they are. And I'm fortunate enough that after the first few minutes of the show, everyone is totally and utterly zoned in as if they're in the Antarctic with me, who is Tom Crean in their imagination. And if Tom laughs, they laugh, or if Tom cries, they cry. So I'm very, very lucky that I've... I've stumbled upon a format through the museum approach, really, which is mm-hmm. direct dress. I'm not wandering around the stage pretending there's a mirror and I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to the people in the space. Right. I actually come out and ask questions right. and expect a response. Right. So there's a real kind of a viable, tangible kind of energy to the piece, you know. Right. Um, Aidan, we're going to have to wrap up, unfortunately. It's a fascinating conversation about a most interesting character. Um, you've had two weeks and two weekends in Vancouver. You're into your final week. What dates and where can people find you? Well, I'm on, on Saturday night at 8 p.m. and Sunday at six uh, 2 p.m. rather as a matinee at the Billy Bishop Legion in Vancouver. And the tickets are on one of those ticket solve or ticket master things. So they're, I can't kind of rabbit out the address to you. But if you were to Google Tom Crean Vancouver, the tickets, the tickets um, source place will pop will up, pop up and tickets are available. And, um, the, and then if mm-hmm. people want to find out more about you and this show, you have your own website. I have a TomCreenShow.com. And I think there's a link on that in the tour dates to the to the gigs that are remaining in Vancouver. So by hook or by crook, if, if, if it's not that difficult, but you'd have to do a tiny bit of digging to find tickets availability for some Saturday and Sunday. But honestly, people are coming to it, and not on, not only the good old Irish. There's lots of lots of other bods coming, and I do say I do tell it in a way that's accessible to not just Irish but to everyone, um, because it is a universal story. It's about motivation and dedication to a job and, and, and altruism and lots of things, Austin. So I'll, I'll, it's worth coming to see whether you are whether you are uh, got the green blood or not. Aidan, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you and I want to thank you for taking the time. You're welcome, Austin.